Well, today's reading from the, the Gospel of Luke is Luke's fourth and last description of Jesus teaching in a synagogue on the Sabbath. He did something that broke the rules that they had for Sabbath keeping. And you might think now that conflicts like that, they just don't happen anymore. We don't have those blue laws that made most businesses be closed on Sunday. Well, you might think that, but you'd be wrong. There's a restaurant not far from here that especially during football season does not open until one o'clock. And the reason is they got sick and tired of explaining over and over to grumpy customers, North Carolina law does not allow sale of alcohol on Sunday until one o'clock. So they just quit opening at noon to avoid those grumpy arguments. Well, uh, not to mention, just last year or so, we had a, a major discussion in the North Carolina General Assembly about uh, possible changes in, in laws that have to do with hunting on Sundays. So Sabbath-keeping laws still uh, can be controversial. So let us read from the 13th chapter of Luke's Gospel, beginning at the 10th verse. Listen now for the word of God. Now he was teaching, that is, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and just then appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured her on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, there are six days on which to work, work ought to be done. Come on those days to be cured and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, you hypocrites. Does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 long years, be set free from the bondage, this bondage of the Sabbath day? When he said this, his, all his opponents were put to shame. And the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things he was doing. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Oh Lord, may the words of my mouth and may our thoughts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Well, let me ask you a question. How much, how much opposition can your faith stand? We've all seen gruesome pictures and heard gory stories in the news of people being told that they had to renounce their faith or lose their lives. What would you or I do in such a terrible situation? And what if, what if we weren't facing death? What if we were just facing disapproval? Would our faith stand up to that? 
There are a lot of social psychologists who've done study after study on the powerful influence that groups have on our behavior. For example, uh, people were asked to say which of several lines, you might have four or five lines, and they'd say, which one is longer? And it was clearly one was much longer than the others. Well, they would hire Confederates, people who looked like they were in the experiment too, but they were actually following the script, and they would say something clearly shorter was the longer one. And guess what? People would tend to go along. We all do that to some extent, go along to get along. Well, that's one of the surprises in this story in Luke's Gospel about Jesus healing a woman who had long-term severe back problems. Both she and Jesus knew the rules. They knew the Ten Commandments included, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy six days shall you labor and do all your work. They both knew that the rules that define what work was included healing. The woman knew the rules, but she came to Jesus for healing anyway. For 18 years, she had been crippled, bent over, and quite unable to stand up straight. Not only did she know the rules, this woman was in the synagogue with synagogue officials and a crowd of people, and she knew all of them knew the rules too. Rules that she was willing to break and willing to have Jesus break. Well, as a Princeton professor named Cleophus LaRue, he's a professor and one of my children's favorite preachers as well, <clears throat> has written, what kind of courage does it take to step forward in faith in front of a disapproving crowd? And I'll add, what kind of courage did Jesus have? to heal this woman in front of a disapproving crowd. The essence of this story is told in just two verses in Luke. When Jesus saw her, he came, called her over and said, Woman, you're set free. When he laid his hands on her, she stood up. Stood up straight. The first time in 18 years, she stood up straight and began praising God. Well, go back a bit. First, Jesus saw this woman. Too many of us do not see people in need all around us. Sometimes we don't perceive the needs of others because we're too wrapped up in our own problems, our own concerns. Sometimes we don't see them because they've become part of the scenery, something we take for granted. We're told this woman had been afflicted for 18 years. It may well have been that no one else there remembered her ever seeing her stand up straight without pain. Sometimes we don't see because we really don't want to see. When we perceive someone else's problem, when we feel someone else's pain, that invokes a, an obligation for us to do something. Sometimes we just feel overwhelmed by that need. If you've seen the pictures of the flooding in Baton Rouge, you go, what can I do? I have a friend who's there now turning out houses. He, he was unemployed for this month. And so he got on a plane and went down there to, to try to be helpful. 
Jesus did see the woman who had not been able to stand up straight for 18 years, and Jesus did something. He called her over and said, you're set free. He loosed her from that bondage. The woman who had been, been over for 18 years knew exactly how to respond to this miracle in her life. We're told that immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. And that, now that's where the trouble started. The leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, there's six days. You got six days to be cured. Don't come here on, on the Sabbath to be cured. Not the Sabbath day. Well, as I understand the rules, you could cure someone if they might die that day otherwise, but, you know, this was not going to kill this lady that day. So as far as they were concerned, she could have waited a while. The church official knew all about the rules, but he didn't know much about God's grace. Didn't know much about God's tender mercy. And Jesus told him so, pointing out that there were, there were all kind of exceptions in the rules about working on Sabbath, for example, for the welfare of animals. And that this daughter of Abraham deserved as much consideration as an ox or a donkey or some other animal so that she could be unbound, freed from this bondage to an affliction. So what happened? The opponents of Jesus were put to shame. The entire crowd was rejoicing in all the wonderful things Jesus was doing. Well, think about it now. This is not the first time that Jesus had been challenged in the synagogue for healing on the Sabbath. Back in the sixth chapter of Luke, he healed a man with a withered hand. And when challenged, Jesus then said, I ask you, is it lawful to do good? or to do harm on the Sabbath, to save life, or to destroy it. Now, you notice one other thing about this story is that we are never told the woman's name. We don't know the name of the woman who was here. What we do know is that she had faith to come forward when Jesus called. And we know that Jesus had the power to heal her and, and to give her reason to rejoice, to praise God. Let us also, let us expect great things from God and let us be bold in working for God's kingdom and spreading the gospel and showing God's love, especially, especially to those people the world ignores. As Cleophas LaRue, that professor and preacher I mentioned earlier has written, there's just no telling what God can do when we believe. And I'll add that's especially true when we put our belief into action, when we act not in the angry posture of judgment, but as Jesus did, with the loving posture of grace. Thanks be to God. I charge you to remember that above all else, no matter how frightening this world may become, no matter how frightening your life may be today or may become tomorrow, you don't need to be afraid, for God goes with you. 
God goes before you to guide you. God goes beside you to be your best friend. God goes behind you to protect you. God goes beneath you to strengthen you. God goes within you to comfort you. God goes above you to give you vision and hope. Go in that knowledge. To love and serve the Lord. Amen.